Recently, I watched an inspiring Stanford Graduate School of Business interview with Eric Yuan, founder of Zoom, the video conferencing software that you all use. Many companies collapsed or faced major crisis during the pandemic, but Zoom blossomed into a ubiquitous communication app by turning the crisis into an opportunity for exponential growth. I'm sure all of you have used Zoom for family chats, business meetings, church gatherings, and global conferences. Many school classes went on Zoom, and even many couples married on Zoom during the pandemic. It grew from 2,000 employees to 6,000 in 18 months. Now it's worth $25 billion. When Ariyuan looked for investment as a startup company, no one wanted to invest in it, saying it was a competitive field since we already have established companies like Skype, Google Meet, and Microsoft Teams. But Yuan wanted to prove them wrong, and he succeeded beyond anyone's expectation. Eric Yuan is a Christian, and his company's culture is simple delivering happiness. He said every employee is encouraged to maintain happiness within themselves so that they can deliver happiness to the world. Their company value is also very simple. In one word, care, meaning caring about community, customers, company, teammates, and selves. You can see his focus on simplicity. The mission of the company is to make communication frictionless and secure. That's why Zoom has won worldwide usage over competitors, because it removes the friction of the complex video conferencing application. Zoom simplifies people's lives, so to speak. Yuan says he treats every problem as an opportunity to grow. The Chinese word for crisis has two characters danger, and opportunity. That means a crisis is a combination of danger and opportunity. Leaders sense the opportunity when most people only see the danger during a crisis. In fact, Jesus wants you to focus on the opportunity during a crisis. Jesus says, when you hear the news that the world is going to hell in a hand basket, don't panic but turn it into an opportunity for expansion. In today's scripture lesson, Jesus teaches us how to turn a crisis into an opportunity. So let's learn from the greatest servant leader in human history, the Son of God himself, how to take advantage of a crisis for a fruitful future. Let's begin. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I am Sam Stone, the light keeper. You are the light of the world, and I'm the keeper. No pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. The scripture lesson for today is from the gospel according to Luke chapter 21, verses 5 to 19. Listen to the word of the Lord. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God. He said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. 
all would be thrown down. They asked him, teacher, when would this be? And what would be the sign that this is about to take place? And Jesus said, beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places, famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Luke 21, 5-19. Happy are those who delight in God's word. Thanks be to God. The temple in Jerusalem had been rebuilt by Herod the Great for over 30 years and still had not fully finished when Jesus and his disciples visited the place. It was an ambitious project. According to historian Josephus, some of the brick stones weighed well over 100 tons, the largest measuring 44 by 11 by 16 feet and weighing approximately 600 tons. So it's not surprising that the disciples admire the glamorous temple buildings. However, Jesus foretold the destruction of the seemingly indestructible temple. It was like predicting the sinking of the Titanic, which was built to be unsinkable. Jesus said, as for these things that you see, the day will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. Verse 6, I'm sure the disciples were startled by Jesus' statement about the temple's destruction. For the Jews, there was the holiest home of their faith. To hear that not one stone would be left upon another was unimaginable. It meant the undoing of life as the disciples knew it. It triggered an existential crisis. They asked him, teacher, when would this be and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? Verse 7, like all of us, the disciples wanted to know the external sign Jesus must be a little disappointed at their question because there was the same question the Pharisees and scribes asked him at the temple. Jesus expects them to focus on the inner strength rather than the outer sign. Previously, Jesus taught them that the kingdom is within you. That means they should not depend on external signs, but on the internal presence of God within their hearts. 
Jesus turned this opportunity to teach them three things not to do and three to do. So let's begin with the three don'ts during crisis. First of all, do not be misled. Jesus said, beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. Verse 8, if you seek external signs, others can mislead you because you will look for someone to tell you when a crisis is coming. I'm sure you have heard and seen in the news over the years that many people have been misled by cults and gurus that use fear-mongering to lead them astray. I vividly remember Reverend Harold Camping predicted that the world was ending on September 4, 1994. Many people believed in him, sold their homes, and gave everything away, and waited for the end time to come empty-handed. The day came and went, but nothing happened. They had to rebuild their lives from nothing. Some years ago, Reverend Moon, a pastor in Korea, said he was Jesus who returned to earth. Many people around the world still believe in him, even today. People call his followers the Moonies. These are just a few examples of being led astray. So don't depend on other people to tell you when a major crisis is coming. Don't even believe me if I told you Jesus is coming on a specific date. Jesus wants us to develop an intimate relationship with God within our hearts so that others can never mislead us. Secondly, do not be terrified. He said, when you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified. For these things must take place first, but the end would not follow immediately. Verse 9, when crisis arises, the first natural reaction is panicking. People will run about like a chicken with its head cut off. Don't be like them. Following this verse, Jesus listed terrifying events that trigger an existential crisis, including war, earthquake, famines, plague, and pandemics. Don't be terrified. You can't turn the crisis into an opportunity when you are terrified. Jesus wants you to have internal peace, come what may, so that you can become a guiding light in the dark times for those who are lost. Thirdly, do not be defensive. Jesus said, but before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. You will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. So make up your mind not to prepare your defense in advance. Verse 12 and 14. Another type of crisis, perhaps the hardest, is personal attack, persecution, imprisonment, and accusation, and betrayed by your friends and family. But Jesus wants you to calm your mind and not to be defensive. The phrase, make up your mind, is translated from a Greek idiom which literally means to keep your heart settled down. It is similar to what the psalmist says, Be still and know that I am God, Psalm 46.10. When the crisis is upon you, when people try to harm you and betray you because you are doing what is right for Christ's sake, don't be defensive, but be still and calm and collected. 
Only then you can receive the wisdom from above. A defensive heart is a troubled heart. Jesus said at another time of crisis, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. John 14, 1. That leads to the three do's during crisis. First, be testimonial. Jesus said this will give you an opportunity to testify. Verse 13. Jesus wants you to turn the crisis into an opportunity to testify. Instead of being defensive, be testimonial. The former is reactive, but the latter is proactive. Remember not to prepare in advance, but be spontaneous by keeping your mind still and listening to God's words and wisdom. Jesus said, For I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. Verse 15, God's words and wisdom are better than your personal defense prepared in advance because your accuser cannot contradict them. That requires to maintain humility, humor, and hospitality. As we discussed previously, Jesus wants you not to speak like a victim, but as a victor during the crisis. Jesus said, you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. Verse 12, many disciples were brought to the kings and governors for their trials. That allowed them to talk to the high-ranking officers whom they would never have had the opportunity to speak to otherwise. For example, the Jews took Paul to court for some made-up crimes. He was later sent in front of King Agrippa for a trial. Paul turned that crisis into an opportunity to testify. After hearing Paul's eloquent testimony, King Agrippa felt persuaded. Agrippa said to Paul, Are you so quickly persuading me to become a Christian? Paul replied, Whether quickly or not, I pray to God that not only you, but also all who are listening to me today might become such as I am, except for these chains. Acts 26, 28 to 29. So it was not just a king listening, but a room full of people watching the trial who heard his testimony. Even today in China, many communists have become Christians after they heard the testimony of the Christians they tried to persecute. Christianity has expanded throughout history worldwide, riding the waves of crises. Secondly, be poised. Jesus said, but not a hair of your head will perish. Verse 18, poise comes from God's promises. Jesus promised that not a hair of your head will perish. Remember that it's an ancient rabbinic tradition to use metaphors and exaggerations to deliver a memorable message. It's a poetic license and not to be taken literally, but to hear the promise from the poetry. I'm at an age now where my hair has been falling daily without any crisis. The point is, Jesus promises to keep you safe during crisis. Jesus painted a poetic picture for you so that you can remember and be poised. So get the message from the metaphor and remember the promise from the poetry. It is well with your soul. Jesus also said, remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. 
That's another encouraging promise that Jesus wants you to remember that it gives you courage and security and poise. There are about 800 promises in the Bible. Do you know about 80% of the Bible is about God's promises? That's why you need to read the Bible regularly to get familiar with God's promises so that you have blessed assurance during a crisis. Being familiar with the Bible also allows you to discern God's words and wisdom you need for testifying during a crisis. If you are unfamiliar with God's word, how do you know when God talks to you? No crisis can affect your state of mind if you're assured nothing can harm you. That would allow you to be poised in the crisis, seize the opportunities, and testify without fear. Lastly, be endurant. Jesus said, by your endurance, you will gain your souls. Verse 19, standing against a storm is easy if the storm is short. Jesus is warning you that some crises could be prolonged and soul-sinking, causing a strong temptation to doubt and to give up. So you need endurance not to sell your soul for safety. With his many parables, Jesus reveals that faith is a marathon, not a sprint. He wants to see your light shining bright and far until the crisis is over. Jesus' teaching of endurance doesn't mean you bite the bullet and grind to the end. It just means being wise and staying awake to the end. The parable of ten bridesmaids is a good example. The wise bridesmaids have extra oil to burn but the foolish ones fall asleep and run out of oil. Jesus is not talking about working hard foolishly, but working smart wisely. Being awake means not giving in to the temptation of losing your fruitful state and sinking into a fruitless living. Lao Tzu teaches us to be like water. Water is soft, but no crisis can break the water. It will outlast the crisis. Water symbolizes humility, humor, and hospitality, as it flows to the lowest place and stays there humbly. And it bends flexibly according to the environment and endures all things. Most importantly, water feeds nature with its hospitality. Poor shares the benefit of suffering like this. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope, Romans 5, 3 to 4. That means a crisis also an opportunity to grow personally. Endurance is not about grinding forward, but rejoicing upward. There we have it, three don'ts during crisis. Do not be misled. Do not be terrified. Do not be defensive. And here are three do's. Be testimonial. Be poised. Be endurant. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, keep your light shining brighter and broader and harvest the fruit of profound freedom and happiness. Amen.